Good afternoon. It's time for the uh, the first episode here of Never Punt, comma, Never Parlay, a college football show where we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about betting. We're going to talk about lines and angles and, and have a good time doing it starting this Tuesday today. Uh, and meeting every week right about this time uh, all the way through the college football season. I am your host, Parker Fleming. Many of you listened and watched this space last year uh, for Parker's previews. We've uh, evolved, we've adapted, we've improved this offseason, and I'm uh, delighted to welcome my colleague and friend, Douglas Farmer, to the show, not just for today, but for this entire season. Douglas will be joining me uh, here all, all season as we talk about best bets, smart plays, how to think about football, how to think about gambling and putting a little bit of pen to paper um, with the, uh, with the numbers to kind of understand reasonable expectations and make informed predictions about the game. So very excited for all this to start Douglas, a very long winded introduction, but you can tell how excited I am. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad for us to start this show. Well, you make me worry when you say you improved over the offseason and the primary improvement is bringing me in. That's a bar to reach. I listened to Parker's previews last year. Look, if, if if I bring you on and you give terrible predictions, that just helps me. Then I'm no longer the worst picker on my show. So it's a win-win for me. Either you're great and our average goes up or you're worse than me and I feel good about myself. So a win, a win either way there. But um, really, really excited to, to be here. We are, of course, uh, part of the Hammer Network. You can uh, follow and subscribe on, um, on Twitter, the Hammer HQ. And uh, this show, if you're watching it right now, you're on YouTube. You're at the Hit the Books HQ. Um, and that is a, a great college football show over there with Joey and Brad um, that you should subscribe to, obviously, and listen and watch. But we will be sharing a feed with them all uh, all fall. So for the Hammer College Football content, you have one feed. You'll get all the shows you want and um, all the shows you need. So make sure you're subscribed there. Make sure you're um, all, all following up so you don't miss any episodes. Um, today. Uh, we're we're going to do a little bit of an intro to the show, talk about uh, kind of what we want to do this fall, and then we're going to break down the SEC and the Sun Belt. We're going to this this summer. We're going to do two conferences a week for the next couple of weeks until week zero. We start getting into games. We kind of have a structured flow how we talk about um, through uh, through each conference and uh, and and through our uh, our picks and through our. Uh, please, Douglas, do you want to tell us, uh, our viewers, a little bit about kind of the general structure of, of today's show? What are we going to do uh, for each conference and, and what are we going to talk about? I think you and I may have been a little overambitious or just savvy when we say two conferences per week. We're looking at more than 30 teams between the SEC and the Sun Belt. We're not going to discuss all 30 teams. That would be about two or three times longer than we intend to go this afternoon. But we're also not just going to talk about Georgia, Alabama, LSU. We are here to talk about, you know, Vanderbilt or Tennessee or Mississippi State. We are here to talk about James Madison as well as Arkansas State and Texas State. We're going to cover the entire gamut of the conferences, even if we don't get to each team. The idea here is to hit some win total over-unders, hit some futures, and maybe even come up with a long shot or two or the longest of shots and just to give an idea of what the season is coming. As much as it is about gambling, it's about previewing this fall. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to maintain that balance. Um, uh, you know, uh, in many ways, uh, talking about lines and talking about betting is not just encouraging you to put money on things. It's it's certainly not encouraging you. Um, and it's not, you know, necessarily saying that's the most important part of the game, but it is a good way for us to make predictions to understand kind of when we're watching the game, what are we thinking about? And then we could test our hypotheses by putting, you know, again, putting pen to paper and making predictions. So um, I'm excited for this. I think this will be a very good um 
uh, I think it's gonna be a fun show as we kind of, you know, we move our, our conversations from the DMs and the text messages to out in public on the, uh, uh, on, on the show. So it should, should be a lot Maybe of fun. Maybe not all of them. No, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find the filter for sure. We'll find the, the middle ground, but, um, let's go ahead. And, uh, if, if it's right with you, let's, let's get into the sec. Let's start talking about some of these teams. Um, generally, I think we both have, Ooh, you have four. I have three plays here in the sec and, um, Again, just talking about uh, futures and what we'll do is we'll have a couple plays. We'll have a couple flyers. So we'll have win total plays. We'll have a couple flyers. And then we'll talk about the conference championships and how uh, how you might strategically approach thinking about the, the relative odds and, and who is going to come out on top there. So, um, Douglas, with, with no further ado, let's start in the SEC. Uh, what's your first play here? Well, my first play, you and I were talking about this afternoon. I wanted to run it by you. It's not actually a play. It's a piece of gambling conversation. And if we're talking college football in 2023, we have to start with Georgia. You can't. There's a reason we're starting with the SEC today. They're looking for the first repeat in almost 100 years. The last team to win three titles in a row was University of Minnesota in 1934 to 1936. That's what Georgia's looking for this year. And their over-under is as high as 11 and a half. And you and I were talking, and I keep thinking, Parker, this makes no sense. If you were to money line parlay Georgia all season, you're going to do better than the plus 120 you would get if you bet they're over. The best odds on the board are over 11 and a half at DraftKings. And I looked at their five SEC games where they'll be favored by fewer than three touchdowns at Auburn versus Kentucky versus Florida versus Mississippi at Tennessee. And I tried to make my math as conservative as I could. If you parlay those five money lines, you're already going to be pushing plus 160, plus 170 in your payout. I'm not saying bet the under, but I am saying absolutely nobody should bet this over Georgia total because it's it's foolish and it's poor form. Yeah, it it, it does. I I really like that angle and really like kind of how you think about that there. It it really is something that that again, hey, maybe I think they're going to three-peat. Um, but that we're at the tail end of the distribution here. And just again, the probability that they hit the over plus the variance, almost all variance in the season is going to be negative. Uh, certainly, especially if you're um, a little bit ambitious uh, and a little bit ahead of the game, you could get those money lines uh, earlier in the season and, and, and come out better on top. So again, I love that our first example or our first uh, kind of point of conversation is is talking about again the the strategy behind not just do we think George is going to three peat because I think there's a lot of arguments for that but the argument is 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 it a plus EV move to take this over at um uh, at those current odds and I think you can you can plainly see with the money line just doing a little bit of the back of the envelope math if you will um that uh that, it, that it's not that that's not a solid bet so um interesting I like that we kind of have a null result for our first one uh there with Georgia um I I'm going to go ahead then and, uh, and 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 turn to one of my first plays that I actually am surprised that I like so much. But um, look, the Auburn Tigers did not have a good year last year, Douglas. I don't, I don't think that's unfair to say. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree um, with me. Trying to remember, yeah, you know what? They they were a little below average. Yes, I remember this. Some some might even say that the Auburn Tigers last um, I don't know last two or three years have have been a little bit. Um, Aloof, uh, maybe, um, uh, you know, just, just, just Aloof. not exactly where they want to be. And, uh, look, I, 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 Hugh Freeze has shown that he knows how to win at a, um, a very high level at the, in the sec. Um, and, and one thing that Hugh Freeze can do is put together an offense that can score points. Now, look, transfer Peyton Thorne comes in. I, you, there's, there's mixed opinions about whether he's actually the solution, but if anyone can make Peyton Thorne into 
a uh, high-level quarterback. I, I think that Hugh Freeze is one of those guys, certainly a good enough quarterback. Last year, Auburn was 103rd in offensive EPA per play, 123rd in the pass. Um, the, the, the total that I have here is Auburn over seven, uh, plus 115 at Caesars. Um, and that's the one I'm going to take there. I just need an eight and four season out of Hugh Freeze's first campaign. I need combination of Hugh Freeze substantially raising Auburn's floor. Last year, they could not put together a passing offense to save their life. God love Robbie Ashford. God love TJ Finley. They were trying their best, but they could not get the ball downfield. Um, I really like uh, seven seven wins here. Uh, again, you you really just need that eight and four uh, to to kind of give you positive value here. And you look at you get a little bit of uh, of plus money on that. I, I think this one's a no brainer um, and and absolutely out of the park here with Hugh Freeze coming in. Ton of transfers and uh, led by Thorne. Uh, this this feels like a very very solid play for a team that that should be in that eight eight win range basically every year. When you mentioned that to me, my only thought was Mark Parker must just be banking on last year was a mess. And, and that is that alone is regression to the mean doesn't always mean a bad thing. They've got some talent. I can absolutely understand making that play. And it's, it's, you went for a bounce back. My first official play here is going to be a continuing trend. There's a team in the sec that has gotten massively better in the last two years. And I don't think we're giving them enough credit yet. Vanderbilt's over-under is only four wins. This is a team that's returning its primary quarterback last season. It's returning eight defensive starters, and the weak point is supposedly its defense. Clark Lee just signed a nice contract extension because he's doing things right, and he's a defensive mind. In his, if you go from the SP-plus ratings following the 21 season to the SP-plus ratings following the 22 season, their defense improved from 115th in the country to 94th. If they improve a little bit more this year, and that is supposedly the weak spot, I don't see how this team doesn't win at least four games. They've got Hawaii, Alabama, A&M, and UNLV in their non-con. And no offense to Wake Forest, I love watching that offense as much as anybody, maybe more than most. But you can't even tell me going to Wake Forest is a surefire loss in September. There's a very reasonable chance, once again, Vanderbilt hits the over in September. And I'm not going to turn down that possibility for a quick win this season. I like it. I like it a lot. Vanderbilt's certainly on that um, kind of um, Bobby Bowden stretch of, you know, losing, uh, uh, crushing losses or getting crushed, crushing losses, and then winning. They're, they're definitely on the right trajectory. And something you don't see a lot in uh, college football is, is, is a coach with a very strong vision who uh, has a booster uh, group that is one able to help him enact that vision and willing to kind of sit back and say, we'll let the coach be in charge. How many college football programs have great, great vision at the leadership position? Don't have the guy to enact it. Half the talk up my guy, AJ Swan. I do feel like uh, legitimately just a very, very good um, option there at quarterback and uh, a very exciting offense. And they do get a little momentum with it rolling. Wake Forest probably going to be a little bit down relative to last year. That'll be a really hard test, but let's put up some points against Hawaii. Let's put up some points against Alabama A&M. And then boom, I just got to win. I just got to win three the rest of the way. I, I get this. I'm a little skeptical because uh, I do think that sometimes the swing, uh, the, the the growth curve, if you will, gets a little little steep in terms of estimation. And uh, but but I do think that Vanderbilt is taking steps in the right way, and I do like how their schedule lines up. Um, let's let's move to another. We're going to keep keep the same color scheme. Going to go for a little black and gold, little black and yellow. Let's talk about the Missouri Tigers. Oh, go ahead. It's almost Are like you? that's our color scheme. 
maybe this is just what we're doing. Maybe we're only going to talk about black and yellow, black and gold teams this entire season. Uh, the Missouri, the Missouri Tigers are an interesting football team uh, for a lot of reasons, but they, the line that I'm seeing here is uh, over six minus one fifteen at Circa. Um, the, 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 what I really like here is kind of a combination of, of things. One, on the offensive side of the ball, they can go back to Brady Cook, who I think is is not going to be an excellent quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but can be a high enough floor quarterback to make things go. Um, obviously, they have a you know, wide receiver talent and Luther Birding, and um, they're bringing in Oklahoma transfer Theo Weiss. Uh, he was one of my wide receiver dudes for this year, guys that averaged last year uh, an average depth of target of greater than 13 and more than six yards after catch. That's kind of generally historically been a vague threshold for really good wide receivers. Some of those guys last year were Jaden Reed, A.T. Perry, uh, Xavier Worthy from Texas, Quentin Johnson from TCU. So a pretty good threshold for who's going to be talented. And the fact that they have Luther there and they bring in Theo Weiss, I think that's going to give them another option downfield, really take a lot of gravity um, uh, away from Birdie and from the run game. And I think Missouri can play a pretty competent, if not boring style of football here to, uh, to kind of take a step forward from that 80th offensive EPA per play last year. They're 26 defense. I think that they've been consistently overall able to able to defend well. And if they can get that offensive success rate from the nineties, the, the 36.7 overall, right? Let's take that from the nineties to the sixties, even pop in a few more explosive plays with Weiss there. I see the vision. Um, I like how Missouri's schedule breaks generally. And so I'm going to believe that they're not just going to be a bowl eligible team, that they're going to be uh, in, in the money here and, and hit that seven win threshold. Um, if you look at their, um, schedule for 2023 the non-con last year was really hard right you had that kansas state they get kansas state at home uh but they will have a nice kind of south dakota middle tennessee memphis padding around that and then and then you're talking vanderbilt we've got a lot of wins early on um and and then you know you host tennessee you host florida you host south carolina kentucky's been a little rough at the end and then uh surprisingly missouri's actually kind of owned arkansas and so I feel feel decent about that, even if they travel there. So I like Missouri, um, not as a team that I'm going to say, hey, they're going to win the SEC, they're going to win their division or anything. But six feels like just a little bit too low for what they can do if this offense takes the step I think they will take with a little bit of competence at quarterback and an extended downfield option in uh, in Theo Weiss. It's it's always a good idea to bet a team on the over when the previous season they went two and four in one score games, as you said, Brady Cook. A, a, a ho-hum, an average quarterback, but you have to think he's going to do better in those one-score games. And if they flip that two and four to four and two in, in those close games, you're going to cruise over. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, and laugh while we're cashing pretty early there. So um, again, not two teams that I like. Again, am I going to feel confident about other, either of these teams head-to-head in a lot of plays this fall? I don't think so. But on the aggregate, I'm thinking money line. I think we can get there. So I, I like that Auburn and Missouri line. You have um, – do we have – we don't have, have any more have SEC totals. Block. You've got – go ahead. I have no more SEC totals, but I did want to mention a flyer. I wanted to mention a, a questionable idea I've had 
And it's it's value. It's I'm seeing value. Just like Crash Davis believed in the small of a woman's back, hanging curveballs and good scotch. I believe in having accounts at a dozen sports books. I believe in shopping lines until 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I believe the only thing better than finishing a good glass of Tullamore Dew is finding double the value in a future than is available anywhere else. Now, it's hard to do that with futures. You can't just log into BetStamp like we'd like you to because futures aren't as readily available. Scan the QR code, sign up for BetStamp. But I did go through every book I could find, and I found an SEC future of a team returning their starting quarterback, a starting quarterback who's already been hyped on this podcast. They're on an upward trajectory. They return eight defensive starters. Do I think Vanderbilt is going to win the SEC? No. Do I think spending $5 on a 1,000-to-1 bet is a better use of $5 than anything else I'll do this week? Absolutely. That's available only at Circa. Anywhere else, it's 500-to-1. If I can get that double the value just because I took the time to look around, I'm going to take that double the value. Look, I, I don't love this, but I don't hate it. I think that's where I'm landing on the $5 Vanderbilt YOLO bet there. Um, it, yeah, that's a lot. You start talking about implied proper probabilities. Um, taking a flyer on Vanderbilt there is is certainly not the most insane thing that anyone could do for, of course, a very reasonable amount. Um, I, I yeah, I wonder if uh, perhaps the distribution of possible outcomes is is not not uh, continuous and might be discrete, and we have some you know concerns about the actual probabilities there. But I understand the reasoning behind this. I have a flyer that's a little less crazy. Um, I think my flyer is is just a little bit more of are we sure? And the question is, are we sure that hiring Bobby Petrino and getting a healthy quarterback for an entire season isn't going to be the bounce back that Texas A and M needs? to take one of the most talented rosters in college football and push over the hump this fall. Alabama, not returning a ton of production. LSU has some defensive issues that Brian Kelly mentioned uh, the other day at, at Big 12, or excuse me, Brian Kelly wasn't at Big 12 Media Days, at SEC Media Days uh, that he mentioned. And um, I, I, Texas A&M, 112th in EPA per play last year on offense, just absolutely abysmal, but 44th unadjusted EPA per play. That's playing in the SEC. So obviously when your opponent adjusts that, that's going to be a top 20 defense. Super talented roster, continue to recruit really, really well. They bring in Bobby Petrino. Why not the Aggies at plus 1,600 at Circa uh, to win the SEC uh, uh, outright? I, I can't argue with any of it. I'm lower on AM than most people because I, I'm lower on Jimbo Fisher at this point. It's, it's been a downward trajectory for him for a decade now. They, they won that title with Jimbo with uh, Jameis Winston and Tallahassee in what 13 or 14 and Jimbo Fisher has just trended downward since then. Sure. They're still pulling in the recruits, but you're banking a lot on Bobby Petrino in my opinion. And I'm not willing to do that because it's Bobby Petrino. It could just be that I was uh, born and raised an Arkansas fan and have a soft spot in my heart for heart for some of those teams that he put together before um, that all happened. But Generally, I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. And Jimbo, say what you will about the coordinators that he's hired, has said, hey, guys that have been successful elsewhere, come on, let me let me step back from responsibilities. Let me take my 1,500-page playbook. Maybe you can condense it to six 600 pages, and then maybe my quarterback can fully understand the offense. We can run everything we want to run and, uh, and, and put up some – uh, put up some numbers there. So in the same way, again, I want to be very careful about our declination. Neither of these are, we're not going to track either of these. We're not going to say, awesome, we did great. We might check in to say these are funny, but uh, just just a, a total flyer there for Vanderbilt and for Texas A&M. 
Um, anybody else that you like uh, in terms of a play, in terms of a pick on winning the conference, Douglas? Well, I have one more flyer, one more kind of a long shot, and it's it's a tough one for me because I don't really believe in this quarterback. I think if one person tells you a horse and a second person tells you a horse, you're probably a horse. And Joe Milton has lost a quarterback job to Cade McNamara and Joe Milton has lost a job to Hendon Hooker. And I think Joe Milton might be a backup quarterback at the NCAA level, not to just not to poke the bear known as Parker Fleming there. But I will say when I get Tennessee at 20 to one, you're betting on Joe Milton 20 to one. That's worthwhile. Their defense is returning 14 contributors. They're, that's the worrisome spot for them in the Josh Heupel world. Anytime you can return an experienced defense, you've got to believe in the offense. They get both Georgia and Texas A&M in Knoxville. I'm not saying I love this play, but I love the value where the question mark is a Josh Heupel quarterback. That quarterback has proven arm strength, and I can get it at 20 to 1. I'm willing to throw a dart at that. I don't hate it. 40.7% of Joe Milton's passing attempts, very limited sample last year, were 20-plus yards downfield, which is just absolutely absurd. He obviously has a cannon. Who knows? Hypo can work his magic and, and get there. Um, I, I think especially in the SEC East, it's kind of the same argument of Georgia a little bit. It's like, yeah, the schedule generally, you know, everybody else in your schedule is going to be down. You go to Alabama, but you do host Texas A&M and Georgia. You can get away with going two and three there. Um, and, uh, that back-to-back -back of Missouri and Georgia makes me a little bit nervous, um, in terms of, can they survive both of those, if, especially if they drop, you know, Texas A&M and Alabama back-to-back, -back, they've got to win both of those games there. So a couple tight spots for me that, that make this a little bit of a, of stay away from me, but again, offense wins championships, man, that's the new college football that we are in and they are going to score a lot of points. Now they might allow other people to score a lot of points. I think they were 110th in defensive EPA last year but they are going to score a lot of points. I have to commend you, Parker. You really refrained from excessive Joe Milton praise there. I look forward to you really cutting loose in September or October. Well, I, I really just am trying to wait for mock draft season to uh, to hype up Joe Milton a little bit more. But Joe Milton, a very fun college football player. Uh, let the reader understand as to our, as to, uh, our assessment of his true quality. But I do believe he can sling the ball, uh, unlike anyone else. Um, one more for me from the SEC. And then looking at time, we should hop on over to the Sun Belt because I want to give equal attention to our friends over there in a very interesting conference. I'm going to be boring and say my my future, my second futures flyer here, Alabama plus 300 at DraftKings to win the SEC, plus 300 for a Nick Saban team that went 10 and 2 last year, lost two one score games when they were healthy, beat the ever-loving tar out of a very good Kansas State team. I think Saban's underrated. I saw a headline yesterday that said, um, is Nick Saban's legacy in the balance this year? No, objectively not. They're not returning a lot of production, but they bring in Tommy Reese. He's got his guy. They have a vision uh, at quarterback. They have a vision there. And Ja'Cory Brooks on the dude list. Again, 13 uh, average depth of target and six or more yards after catch. They had terrible wide receiver play last year, but two years ago, they um, they didn't have guys either like the last two seasons, a couple of wide receivers away. I think Brooks gets all season, takes a step forward, um, and and Alabama should be reloaded and, and, and competing at the top again. So give me plus 300 on Nick Saban. I feel like that's a little unfair uh, <laughs> for, for me to be able to bet that, but all he's got to do is be, you know, 
uh, is split with Tennessee or, and then take care of business in the, uh, in the SC championship there. So um, I, I, I like this one is boring as it is to bet on Alabama, uh, you know, for giving me plus odds, I think it's worth it. I have a counterpoint and my counterpoint is Tommy Reese doesn't help you win on the road. In the last two seasons, Alabama has gone two and seven against the spread on the road, six and three straight up. This year, they've got to go to AM. They've got to go to Auburn. They host Tennessee. They host LSU. So you can go ahead and suggest Alabama there. I'm going to go with LSU at 215 to win the West. Fact of the matter is right here is a wedding gift for a friend of mine that is LSU to win the national championship. He doesn't know that. Maybe I just told him that's his wedding gift. For me, it's not as much as it is a bet on LSU. I'm betting on Alabama to continue this very slow downturn, especially on the road. Those two hard road games. And then they've got Tennessee. LSU doesn't have to face Tennessee. LSU can beat Alabama to win the West, or LSU can just win everything else and bank on Bama dropping two. I won't be too shocked if that happens. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think I think the only I'm a little bit more, it might be unfair but I'm a little bit more concerned about LSU's defensive issues than I am necessarily, uh, especially in the back end. They bring a lot of transfers. I'm going to trust, um, trust Saban a little bit more there, but I like that we disagree. And, uh, and again, I like, I'm getting 300 on Saban there. I feel, I feel like that's a good end of the bargain. Certainly impressive what Brian Kelly is doing down there and the stars do seem to be aligning for him and Jaden Daniels to, uh, to take care of business this fall. Plus nice, um, with just winning the West, you don't have to worry about the situation last year where, you know, LSU to the playoff, you're having to do some math about like, do I bet them in the championship game? Do I bet them to lose to Alabama? Like, how do I, how do I, how do I hedge this pretty clear there to win the West and, uh, and you're taken care of. Um, let's move over to, uh, to the conference that many West. people are calling Americans conference, a very America's conference, a very, very fun group of five conference added some new teams this year, the Sun Belt. Um, should be a lot of fun, even as there is a lot of uncertainty in the conference and a couple guys that uh, a couple differences, uh, you know, in terms of who's coaching where and then who's playing who. But uh, let's let's start up there. What's your first play uh, here for the conference U.S. or excuse me, the Sun Belt? I'll do it again. The Sun Belt. A lot of my Sunbelt thinking comes down to the scheduling matrix for such a competitive yeah. conference. It is very much tiered. There are, in my opinion, six very good teams in this conference. Five of them could win the conference title. To my understanding, James Madison cannot win the conference championship. But James Madison is one of those six good teams. And then there are three bad teams, just bad, in Old Dominion, Louisiana Monroe, and Texas State. You've got a little bit of middle class in there. So when I look at this conference, I break it down. Who do you play at home and who do you play on the road? You want to play those good teams at home. You want to play those bad teams on the road. And that sends me to Louisiana Lafayette. And under seven and a half gets you at bet, bet, bet MGM. They play two of the bad teams at home, which is just wasting a home game. You're going to beat Monroe at Monroe. You don't want to play them at home. And they get two of the good on the road in South Alabama and Troy. Those factors alone make me think that Louisiana Lafayette's going to end up seven and five or six and six. To lose this bet, Louisiana Lafayette is going to at least need to win two of three against Georgia State, Arkansas State, and Southern Mississippi. Needing to win at least two of those three, maybe all three if they stumble in the non-con, that right there makes me think this, this squad is no longer Billy Napier's powerhouse. It's starting to drop off, and you can see, and, and the schedule this year does it no favors. Yeah, that is certainly a rough breakdown there. And, and it's hard. I like the Raging Cages, man. I like what they've been able to do, but it is hard to keep that up consistently, especially with the coaching uh, turnover. Um, 
uh, on the side. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I like that. I think the scheduling does matter a lot here. Mine, mine's going to be another pessimistic one. I hate to start with two pe- pessimistic bets here, but um, I think Arkansas state was uh, just not a, not a great football team last year. I don't, I don't think that's a um, too big of a deal or too big of a, a claim to make uh, Arkansas state last season, 124th in EPA per play margin, 112th on offense, 112th on defense. I do believe if I'm saying this correctly off the top of my head, uh, bottom 10 in plays over 20 plus yards on offense and bottom 10 on plays over 20 plus yards allowed. Like there some of their metrics were actually a little wonky because they were just giving up like one play touchdowns or three and outs. Like if they were giving up any success, they were getting scored on and, and just very, very, very bad. Um, 125th in points per quality possession allowed 4.78. Um, and of course, just very bad on offense, 91st in field position, uh, 121st in game control. Not a lot to be happy about there. Uh, have done some blocking metrics last uh, over, over last year and just continue to be unimpressed with their offensive line and their consistency. It does seem like they're just not in a good place to build at all. Um, and if I look at their schedule, their non-con, they've got at Oklahoma. They've got uh, Memphis comes uh, to uh, Jonesboro. And um, and then they go to, to UMass, a game they should they should win. But again, I'm a little wary. Uh, and then if you look at how this conference breaks down, you got to go at Troy. You're going to lose at home versus Coastal. Um, ULM's a game you probably should win. You want to win if you're Arkansas State. That's at Louisiana Monroe. Uh, you're going at South Alabama, uh, South Alabama and then at Marshall to finish the season. Uh, I don't like how the schedule breaks down. I'm not optimistic about the quality of talent on their roster. And I'm not optimistic about how they have enacted their vision and how they uh, execute with just some of those underlying metrics about the offensive line. So I am going to take Arkansas State under four and a half. That's plus 110 at Circa right now. It might come down to as simple as the schedule. I said there are six good teams in this conference. Arkansas State faces five of them. That's just yep. – it's it's a tough draw for them, and, and it's already a subpar squad. I, I really like this play, especially when you're getting that plus value on the 110 at Circa. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, I think again, th- there's shades of gray with like who's good and who's bad. I think we can say Sunbelt good is probably a, an accurate description uh, of, of the conference. But yeah, I think that Arkansas State, not a good team and got a kind of a rough draw here. And it kind of fits the one of those six Sunbelt good teams they don't face is James Madison. And that right there, you immediately know James Madison's schedule is a little bit harder than it would be otherwise if they had Arkansas State. I, I like the under on James Madison, but it's more than just that they don't play Arkansas State. Some of it is shopping. I'm able to get it at eight and a half at BetMGM. Elsewhere, you're looking at betting under eight. I can get that eight and a half. Again, you need to shop for these. BetStamp helps compare odds across sportsbooks for games and futures. That QR code, I'm told, will help you sign up, and it, it is a ne- necessary move if you want to get the right value. The other piece of this number is not just the eight and a half. I'm betting regression. Quarterback Todd. Ta- Todd Centineo is gone. He threw 25 touchdowns and five interceptions last year. For a guy who had not really impressed anybody, he exploded. Now they brought in an Arizona transfer and they brought in a Wake Forest transfer. And most people can't name either one. The only reason I know Brett Griffiths out of Wake Forest is because he had to start a game last year when Sam Hartman had that health scare. But otherwise, neither of these guys have done anything to prove themselves. This is an offense that in the conference play last year averaged more than 36 points a game. That's going to fall off. They lost four of their top five receivers. One of the transfers they brought in barely played at South Florida. This team is not ready to score 36 a game again, and that's going to show they're going to need to 
pick up every win they can with that lackluster offense. This is a high total, eight and a half. I will take that under and I'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I like this one a lot. This is almost one of my almost one of my plays, and I certainly agree with it. And perhaps you've uh, persuaded me that it is a good idea. James Madison started out to a big jump last year, but I do I think a lot of that was Todd Santillo. Uh, am I the only one who kind of wished that? Like, look, I love Clay Millen at Colorado State. I think they're they're interesting, and we'll certainly talk about them when we get to Mountain West. But I kind of wish we could have seen Todd Santillo in uh, in that uh, Norvell offense at uh, at Colorado State last year. Um, certainly was slinging around, and they played a pretty good defense. But again, your opponent adjusted, and man, that was just—it's—it was—it it was a very fun start to the season for them. I do think there is a little bit of regression due for James Madison this season. Yeah, you've um, got turning, two more plays here, and both of them surprised yeah. me. I'll be honest. But oh yeah, okay. So one of them is less spicy than the other. I, I, I Southern Miss last season. Um, it, quarterback roulette. Frank Gore was was running the Frank Gore Jr. was. Uh, running the running the I don't even, I wouldn't even call it a wildcat because he was like actually running the offense and just playing quarterback but they had you know a lot of a lot of issues and were 119th in EPA per play offense but um uh they were 32nd in defensive EPA per play specifically um on offense and defense 12th in, in field position on offense 43rd in field position on defense I'm trusting in Will Hall he's had good offenses everywhere he goes and I'm trusting that last year was a lot of problem with um excuse me a lot of uh a lot of that their problems were were kind of due to injuries and i think we'll get a little bit of positive regression here they're going um you know non con does not do them any favors florida state and tulane i like that they're being aggressive that that's that's going to be very very rough to start the season um but again you get arkansas state you get old dominion uh you get ulm uh, you you go to Louisiana again. We've mentioned they're not going to be great, um, and 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 then you know I think I think that five is just a little bit too uh, low here. I think they can clearly make a bowl with this schedule. They just uh, they, they don't even need a they don't even need an upset to get to six with the schedule. Um, and so I'm trusting in Will Hall. I'm trusting in the uh, positive regression on offense, and I'm trusting in the consistency on defense. There, uh, Southern Mississippi over five wins that currently is at 100 per uh, plus 100 at DraftKings. What's what's curious here, Parker, is you started to list off the games you think they should win. You mentioned Louisiana Monroe. You mentioned Old Dominion. You mentioned Louisiana Lafayette. You left off a team that most people would think South Mississippi should beat without too much trouble. A team that I would think South Mississippi should beat without too much trouble. And I think you left that team off because you're trying to thread a needle with two consecutive win totals here where they go against each other. I don't know that they go against each other. I don't like that they're on each other's schedule. But if you throw, if you look at Texas State's schedule this season, um, one, GJ King comes in. They have um, uh, like what, like sixty transfer. I mean, basically second behind Colorado in terms of number of um, uh, number of transfers this fall. I think that they've got multiple options at quarterback that could do a lot. Uh, TJ Finley transfer over, um, and I, I, I mean, I really like the four and a half year. Um, I think they could they could very well beat a team like Nevada, uh, especially at home. Um, I'm not projecting that, but then all I need, all I need from them, if they beat Jackson state, right. I have four and a half here. All I need is ULM. That's two. Uh, and then I need an Arkansas state. That's three. And then I'm at four. I just need one. I just need one game to break. I like the probability of that. 
Um, and I think again, it, they, they win that, they win that Nevada game and we're sitting uh, quite pretty. So I think that Texas state is one of those teams that's in a development cycle. That is um, that, that, that growth curve is actually, I said the growth curve got too steep on some teams. I think that their growth curve with the transfers is actually a little steeper than is being presumed here with four wins. It's, it's a bold approach and one I will not be endorsing partially because a lot of my uh, Sunbelt futures are based on teams beating up on Texas state. So <laughs> I'm hoping for the bet. Maybe they can just win four and you can break, but they're not four that matter to me. Uh, a lot of my, my Sunbelt futures are based on the scheduling. There are two teams who get Texas state, Louisiana Monroe and old dominion, which is the, two different divisions. Not everybody's going to get all three of them. And it's such a head start in a conference that's going to be competitive like this. So I'm going to throw a flyer on Georgia Southern at plus 1800 at DraftKings. And then I'm also going to throw the same flyer on South Mississippi at plus 4,000, 40 to one at Circa, because they both are going to have this, what I'm presuming to be three and O conference head start. And in a conference where Coastal Carolina is going to beat up on App State, it's going to beat up on Marshall, going to beat up on, on Troy, going to beat up on South Alabama. That 3-0 and head start could be crucial just to get them to the conference championship game. Yeah, and, and I like that logic. I, I, I do. I think, I think that's, that's more, more than defensible. Um, Georgia Southern, of course, with a, um, just a very good offense last year. They're, they're, they're running, uh, uh, you know, they used to be a triple team and now are running a pretty aggressive um, offense. And um, going to get his name, going to get his name. Davis Bren from Tulsa, who had a very good vertical downfield throw, right, is, uh, is transferring in. And last year, 29th in offensive VPA per play. They're 122nd on defense. Can they take a step forward? Certainly plausible. Um, and, and so I don't think that's a bad long shot at all uh, there. Um, I've got one, one more. Left. Uh, we, one I left think we agree. agree on. I think we agree, and then I'll let you talk about your other one there. But I think App State to win the conference plus 700 smells pretty nice to me. Uh, kind of boring consistency out of uh, App State. And they beat Texas A&M last year, took care of business, but then we're up and down. Uh, the thing that's fun about the Sun Belt is that their splits are always going to be crazy just because it's very hard to do both sides of the ball well. Um, but 36 in EPA per play last year, 96th. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, 36 on offense. That is um, one thing that I really look to improve and that I think is, is a little bit more of negative regression. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, I, I like to, and Douglas, we've talked about this. I like to look at the game in terms of early downs, late downs, rushing, passing um, on offense. They are at, uh, excuse me, on defense, 51st in early downs EPA allowed 113th on third and fourth down success. That's not all, there is signal in there, right? That's not all nonsense, but a split that big really, really tells me that, hey, there's there's potentially something to iron out here. Um, if you're stopping guys on early downs, especially with the schedule that you're playing, and then you're not stopping them on third and fourth downs. So if I was going to circle a team and say, hey, I like your offensive upside. I think you're, you're kind of boringly consistent. Um, and I think that um, you can you know, you can be an outside contender if you can take a step forward. I see some signs for, for a little bit of positive regression there for App State. And they get their two biggest division challenges at home. Marshall and Coastal Carolina both have to go up to the rock. So you combine your numbers with that just practical reality. That 700 to 
yes, we're betting them to win the conference. But really, if you get that 7-1 ticket into the title game, you're going to be in an enviable position. I put this in with you, and I'm also going to have a future on the other side of the bracket. This is as much me fading South Alabama as it is me endorsing Troy. South Alabama is the favorite at every book. They return 18 starters, but they have to go to Troy. They have to go to James Madison. And that right there gives me value in Troy at 350 at Circus Sports. They return only six starters on defense and on offense, but the defense, if I'm going to worry about something, it's there. Maybe your numbers will back me up. Maybe they won't. I thought their defense was more schemed than player. And if you grant me that, then this team should, again, be just this tough, miserable, miserable opponent that nobody wants to face, let alone South Alabama going to Troy. Get that at 350. I've got Appalachian State at 7-1. to one. I look forward to that Sunbelt Championship game between the two of them. I think that would be very fun. One thing about Troy, uh, if I do recall, a lot of short fields um, uh, for that defense. And one, that's 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 part of the that's part of the game, right? That's that's something they're aiming for. Defense special teams. Can I create turnovers? But uh, a couple of their games, I mean, just um, just absolute godsends in terms of turnovers games where they got, you know, beat in my postgame success rate in my field position. Looking at like the. Um, uh, I'm looking at my preview right now for UT San Antonio versus versus Troy last year, and uh, man, yeah, 30th in, in defensive starting field position allowed, um, and again, 11th in net points per drive. So uh, the, 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 those are really correlated. They won the field position battle very well, and I feel like they got a couple short field scores that um, generally in my predictive metrics don't really you know carry over game to game, let alone year to year. Uh, but they are a, a I think the technical term is a hate and ass defense, and so I'm uh, I, I think if you believe that scheme and you believe those all go together, certainly justifiable um, there overall. Whew, what a um, I'm looking at the time. Um, and, uh, I, I love, I love that we've gone through this. We hit 41. That feels very good for a first show here. Um, have you seen the comments? I just saw the comments with this come up. I, I'm going to do this reaction live on air. Thank you guys for being here. I had no idea. I'm not seeing the YouTube or how many people are watching. Um, I think in the future, perhaps we can, uh, try to try to answer some of those questions. If you guys want to throw them in the comments, but flatter that you guys are all here. Um, Douglas, we hit all of our bets. Am I correct? I'm looking at our sheets. We did. I, I'm now seeing the comments too. I was too focused on making sure I read all my notes. We forgot to tell <laughs> people to, you know, like, subscribe, review, etc. Just that that sales pitch. Uh, but otherwise, no, we hit all our bets. We agreed on one. We very much disagreed on another. That Alabama LSU West Division this season is going to be the earliest litmus test between the two of us. It's it's part of the fun of it. And and that's why we'll also try to talk some trash to Brad and Joey at points. The other pod, <laughs> one of the other pods under this hit the books HQ, because while I want to beat you, I want us to prove we're smarter than them. Absolutely. That's what this is all about, man. Money is secondary object. I just want people to know I'm smart. No, I just like talking about the game and I think that's all in fun. And, and uh, it is my hope that for the rest of the season, we will check in on some of these futures, especially as they are relevant to games that, that will kind of determine these outcomes. Cause then we get to Douglas do the fun stuff. We can talk about, Hey, what should I, what should I potentially do here to hedge? What should I, um, uh, potentially do uh, to, to update my strategy throughout the season. So certainly fun. Uh, I'm going to read off a quick recap. Of course, you can find us on BetStamp as well. I, I think um, that Never Punt, Never Parlay is on BetStamp. I will find that link and 100% tweet it out to make sure that you know, and perhaps we can get in this, the, the show notes so that you can see our bets tracked. Because again, documenting the process is, is certainly part of it. Uh, this week we had um, Douglas took, uh, actually, I'm going to let you read your own bets. Douglas, you read your own bets. Tell us what your plays, what your flyers and what your futures. 
you got to make me pull those notes back out. I, I rifle <laughs> through them. Uh, it's first of all, don't touch Georgia over. Don't touch Georgia over. It's bad math. It's bad process. It's bad value. The books are taking advantage of you. Don't touch Georgia over. If you want to bet that, bet the money line parlays on every game that you can and assume they'll go 12 and 0. Otherwise, I've got Vanderbilt over four. I feel really good about that one. I feel less good about the the fun flyer that's mostly just proving the point of shopping. Vanderbilt, 1,000 to one. The more important flyer for me in the SEC is betting on Joe Milton, 20 to one Tennessee to win the SEC. And then my real futures bet in the SEC, the one I believe in, is LSU to win the West. It's at plus 215 at Bet Rivers. You want to take them to win the conference? You can. The math doesn't really work if you want to hedge out when they face Georgia, which is part of why I just stuck straight with the Western Division Championship. That should also get them into the playoff, which will make this wedding present for a friend look like a very generous maneuver by me and not just, you know, me getting a wedding present for $50 instead of what it would be. other Because it could be much more than that, right? I'm being very generous. Yeah, obviously. Expected value. I think I think they were talking about uh, there's a certain uh, event that allowed um, – uh, betting and it was like maybe we should give charity to that to that event and, and someone made the comment well what if I win what if I win this big money and then I donate that to charity right uh, but certainly certainly an interesting uh, wedding present my uh, my recap here to be to be brief I'm taking Auburn over seven got that at plus one fifteen Missouri over six um, I'm taking a flyer on Texas A and M and the Petrino resurgence plus sixteen hundred there and then uh, then of course the boring bet Alabama to win the SEC at plus three hundred the Nick Saban is actually underrated bet is as I like to call it in the Sun Belt I'm I was not expecting to hear Nick Saban is underrated multiple times today I'm gonna have to yes. have a drink and really stew on that. He's he's like the he's like the song Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. He's so ubiquitous and so great that people don't understand how truly different he is and how much he shamed the sport. Uh, over in the Sun Belt, I'm gonna I'm gonna get weird with a couple teams and take Arkansas State to go under. I'm gonna take Southern Mississippi to go over, and I'm gonna take Texas State to go over with a uh, an App State to win the conference at uh, plus seven hundred. They're banking on uh, a little bit of a flyer with some defensive. Um, Defensive regression from a program that's been pretty good for a long time. I've got Louisiana Lafayette under seven and a half. James Madison under eight and a half. A little bit of money on Georgia Southern at 18 to one and South Mississippi at 40 to one to win the conference. My real bets, one in each division, Troy at 350 to win the conference and Appalachian State with you at seven to one to win the conference. If those two meet in the conference championship game, you're never going to hear the end of it out of me. <laughs> now parker next week, I, my I notes say we're going to talk the big 10 and the mac so again we're going to kind of combine things a little bit of big a little bit of small but that's that's what how we keep this interesting we cover the entire gamut yeah absolutely and and it's my hope to to give the same amount of attention to the mac as we do the big 10 i think it's a lot of fun and college football is a lot of fun um and so we want to talk about those games but yeah we'll be back right here on the Hit the Books HQ uh, channel on YouTube every week. Won't be live on Twitter. We can click the link on Twitter. It'll take you to YouTube. You can watch it there. Um, and, uh, and and make sure you're following, subscribe, turn on alerts just so you don't forget when we're going live so you can be here. And uh, and next week, now that I'm aware that the comment section is popping, we'll absolutely take a couple questions. We'd love to hear from you guys uh, next week as we're doing the show. Sign up for BetStamp using the link. The QR code is right here. And uh, other than that, this has been the first edition of Never Punt, Never Parlay. I think it went well. I think we'll be back next week. 